Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Deal with 
All right, beautiful people. I want to thank you for joining me here this morning on Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, here at KPOO San Francisco 89.5. As promised, we are going to continue uh, with the indictment of the state and its prison industrial slave complex by Joka Heshima Jinsai with the concept by Abdul Ulubala Shakur. Um, but we aren't going to start with that. We are going to continue with part two at the later part of the show, because what we're also doing here is, again, shining light, um, well, highlighting, um, uplifting, um, keeping our commitment to never forget our California political prisoners, our hunger strikers, um, those uh, men and also women who put their lives on the line to end indefinite solitary confinement also came together in the greatest show of solidarity around all um, above and beyond racial and geographical lines to create the agreement to end hostilities, to cease the violence that was taking place within the prisons, that agreement still holding regardless of CDC small r's, uh, their commitment to uh, make sure that violence continued and continues so that uh, these guards can keep their jobs and make the CCPOA continue to be the, one of the strongest unions in the country. Uh, which should be disbanded, and to uphold really what is just white supremacy, um, what I, is, I call white pathology, because there is nothing supreme about it. We're going to go ahead and get started. I am actually going to go way back to 2011, and we are going to hear uh, The Call by Mutope Duguma. Uh, his slave name is James Crawford. So we're going back to 2011, um, again, to the the call for the first of three hunger strikes that would eventually end indefinite solitary confinement. This will be read out of the archives of California Prison Focus, which you can uh, reach them at www.prisons.org. This is issue number 37 of 2011, and uh, here we go. The Call by Mutope Duguma, slave name James Crawford. This is a call for all prisoners in security housing units, shoes, administrative segregation, ADSEG, and general populations, GP, as well as the free, oppressed, and non-oppressed people to support the indefinite July 1, 2011 peaceful hunger strike in protest of the violation of our civil human rights here at Pelican Bay State Prison Security Housing Unit, PBSP shoe, short corridor, D1 through D4, and its overflow. D5 through D10. It should be clear to everyone that none of the hunger strike participants want to die, but due to our circumstances, whereas that state of California has sentenced all of us on indeterminate shoe program to a civil death merely on the word of a prisoner informer, snitch. The purpose of the hunger strike is to combat both the ADSEG shoe psychological and physical torture, as well as the justifications used of support treatment of that type that lends to prisoners being subjected to a civil death. Those subjected to indeterminate shoe programs are neglected and deprived of the basic human necessities while withering away in a very isolated and hostile environment. Prison officials have utilized the assassination of prisoners' characters to each to each other as well as the general public in order to justify their inhumane treatment of prisoners. 
The, quote, code of silence used by guards allows them the freedom to use everything at their disposal in order to break those prisoners whose prison officials and correctional officers, COs, believe cannot be broken. It is this mentality that set in motion the establishing of the short corridor, D1 through D4, and its D5 through D10 overflow. This mentality has created the current atmosphere in which COs and prison officials agreed upon plan to break indeterminate shoe prisoners. This protracted attack on shoe prisoners cuts across every aspect of the person's of the prison's function, food, mail, visiting, medical, yard, hot cold temperatures, privileges such as canteen, packages, property, etc., isolation, cell searches, family, friends, and socioculture economic, and political deprivation. This is nothing short of the psychological, physical torture of shoe ADSEG prisoners. It takes place day in and day out, without a break or rest. The prison's gang intelligent unit was extremely angered at the fact that prisoners who had been held in shoe under inhuman conditions for anywhere from 10 to 40 years had not been broken. So the gang intelligence unit created the short corridor and intensified the pressure of their attacks on the prisoners housed there. The object was to use blanket pressure to encourage these particular isolated prisoners to debrief, meaning snitch, in order to be released from the shoe. The COs and administrative officials are all in agreement and all do their part in depriving short corridor prisoners and its overflow of their basic human civil human rights. None of the deliberate attacks are a figment of anyone's imagination. These continuous attacks are carried out against prisoners to a science by all of them. They are deliberate and conscious acts against essentially defenseless prisoners. It is these ongoing attacks that have led to the short corridor and the overflow shoe prisoners to organize them ourselves themselves around an indefinite hunger strike in an effort to combat the dehumanizing treatment we prisoners of all races are subjected to on a daily basis. Therefore, on July 1st, 2011, we ask that all prisoners throughout the state of California who have been suffering injustices in general population, administrative segregation, and solitary confinement, etc., to join in our peaceful strike to put a stop to the blatant blatant violations of prisoners' civil human rights. As you know, Prison gang investigators have used threats of validation and other means to get prisoners to engage in a protracted war against each other in order to serve their narrow interests. If you cannot participate in the hunger strike, then support it in principle by not eating for the first 24 hours of the strike. I say that those of you who carry yourselves as principled human beings, no matter your housing status, might a must fight to right this and other egregious wrongs. Although... It is, quote, us today, United New Africans, whites, northern and southern Mexicans and others. It will be you tomorrow. It is in your interest to peaceably, so peacefully support us in this protest today and to be aware of agitators, provocateurs and obstructionists because they are the ones who put 90 percent of us back here because they could not remain principled even within themselves. The following demands are all similar to what is allowed in other supermax prisons. 
talking about federal Florence, Colorado, Ohio, and Indiana State Penitentiaries. The claim by CDCR and PBSP that implementing the practices of the federal prison system or that of other states would be a threat to safety and security are exaggerations. Here are the five core demands. One, individual accountability. This is in response to PBSP's application of group punishment as a means to address individual inmates' rule violations. This includes the administration's abusive pretextual use of safety and concern to justify what are unnecessary punitive acts. This policy has been applied in the context of justifying indefinite shoe status and progressively restricting our programming and privileges. Two, Abolish the debriefing policy and modify active-inactive gang status criteria. The debriefing policy is illegal and redundant, as pointed out in the formal complaint, which you can read also um, in this same uh, publication of 2011, number 37. The active-inactive gang status criteria must be modified in order to comply with state law and applicable CDC rules and regulations. Mind you, which means they're acting out of a compliance with a law. And these are uh, uh, as follows. A, cease the use of innocuous association to deny an active status. And B, cease the use of informant debriefer allegations of illegal gang activity to deny inactive status. Unless such allegations are also supported by factual corroborating evidence, in which case CDCR, PBSP staff shall and must follow the regulations by issuing a rule violation report and affording the inmate is due process required by law, because, of course, they are not getting their due process. Three, comply with the U.S. Commission 2006 recommendations regarding an end to long-term solitary confinement. Um, a, a, end conditions of isolation. I'm doing a little um, exerting here. Uh, B, make segregation a last resort. C, end long-term solitary confinement. D, provide SHU inmates immediate meaningful access to adequate natural sunlight and quality health care and treatment. Number four, provide adequate food. Really? Cease the practice of denying adequate food and provide wholesome and nutritious meals, including special diet meals, and allow inmates to purchase additional vitamin supplements. Number five, Expand and provide constructive programming and privileges for indefinite shoe status inmates. This means expand visiting, allow one photo per year, allow a weekly phone call, and allow two annual packages per year, which is a 30-pound package based on item weight and not packaging and box weight. Um, and then, of course, expand canteen and packages and uh, package items allowed. Um, at more TV channels, allow TV radio combinations, allow hobby craft items, allow sweatsuits and watch caps, allow wall calendars, install pull-up dip bars on the shoe yards, and allow correspondence courses that require uh, proctored exams. Minimal asks uh, for such torturous conditions. Um, all right, so that is kind of a setting some tone, which we will always be talking about around what uh, these hunger strikers actually were uh, enduring before the actual hunger strikes began. This is the reason for the hunger strikes. All right, we are now going to continue uh, with the indictment. All right, let's first take a quick musical break with Black Y'all by Kafre J. Uh -huh. 
Puffy J from hip hop for change. Got my man D Wiz in the back. Joel on the camera from Naples Burr. And I gotta tell you, I was watching TV the other day. This hip hop movie from like the 90s came on. And it made me feel real black, y'all. Check this out. Yo, red is for the green, it's for the black, it's for the people. From the land of milk and honey, it's for chalky snacks from me. So like the black skin and garbage. Party to this green earth. It's plus they red with a history. You're building things first. The king's turf. Birth of fertility. Huh. Our prosperity. That green band showing us never knowing no scarcity. Caring in the charity. We took them out the dark age with black thought. And I make the stage rain with that talk. Cause the red band's from the blood on the land. From the dead hands of a hundred million sons of ham. Y'all thought we was damn just about a plan to kill the land and smite us. Just to take it all for your whiteness I'm like, cuz, black people unite This guy gets blood red and start a revolution tonight Let's make they green blood when he glow red When it's sunny, shine light on the country I don't think you get it, dummy yeah, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all And I'm black, and I'm black, and I'm black, y'all And I'm black, y'all Red is for the blood, green is for the earth Had a right of to tell this country my work I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all And I'm black, and I'm black, and I'm black, y'all And I'm black, y'all Here we go with part two of the indictment of the state and its prison industrial slave complex. Indictment count three. Acts of direct racketeering activity in prison by CDC small R officials. 
CDC small R employees have knowingly and intentionally engaged in a pattern of physical assaults on prisoners, both with and without firearms, and directly engaged in orchestrating assaults on individuals and groups of prisoners by other prisoners acting as proxies, most often racial attacks against new African black prisoners in a pattern of violence carried out under color of law specifically designed to deprive those subject to those assaults of their most basic constitutional protections under the 1st, 8th, and 14th Amendments, USC, in furtherance of a criminal enterprise. Over the course of CDCR's tenure, there have been numerous instances of assaults on prisoners by staff and, and assaults of prisoners orchestrated by staff, some so politically repressive, massively brutal, or particularly debased that they even take, have, they've even taken on historic significance. These instances of assaults are so numerous and the names of individual perpetrators so voluminous that listing each individual act is beyond the scope of this indictment. However, the instances of officer-led and or officer-orchestrated assaults are so common that for purposes of this indictment, we will recount some of the most significant types of assaults that have been carried in furtherance of the criminal enterprise. CDCR officials and officers and officials, most often in retaliation for some perceived slight by a prisoner, have assembled teams of five or more officers and at times building administrators to teach a prisoner their place. Assembled teams of five or more officers and at times officials near a targeted prisoner's cell, have the cell opened and enter en masse and beat the prisoner or prisoners in question until they are satisfied. Then that prisoner will be placed in ADSEG, the hole, and charged with assaulting staff while delaying a peace officer in the commission of his or her duties. Prisoners from different racial groups or street organizations like Southern Mexican and white prisoners versus new African black prisoners, Crips versus Bloods, etc., etc., will be intentionally pit against each other, especially in instances where prisoners' unity led to organized resistance to inhumane conditions is present or perceived to be present by staff most often led by new African black prisoners and animosities between street or prison-based organizations to ensure prisoners remain focused primarily on attacking one another and not resisting the inhumane policies and conditions of the prison industrial slave complex, prisons, and their officials, prison officials. CDC staff have on multiple occasions armed white and Mexican prisoners or allowed them to maintain their weapons after doing mass searches to confiscate actual and potential weapons from new African black prisoners. The orchestrated conditions uh, which allowed the two sides to assault one another with white or Mexican prisoners being armed while new African prisoners were unarmed. During instances of racial conflict, while doing controlled movement, CDC small R staff have routinely opened the cell doors of a prisoner or prisoners from one group while a large number of an opposing group were on the tier and allowed them to run into that prisoner's cell and assault, assault them. During racial conflicts, being that the vast majority of CDC small R staff are white or Mexican, they often sided with those prisoners from their cultural group or groups. There have been numerous instances where white or Mexican prisoners would attack new Africans, blacks, in the chow hall, and when the new African prisoners would respond in self-defense, 
often effectively, the attacking whites or Mexicans would get down and the gun tower staff would shoot the new African. This was so widespread at one point, it became a standard tactic. CDC small R staff in ADSEG and shoe facilities have repeatedly orchestrated gladiator-style fights at multiple institutions for entertainment purposes, financial gain, gambling, and to ensure the perpetuation of rivalries between racial groups and or prisoner street organizations. Prisoners from different warring factions would be intentionally let into the exercise yard for the purpose of assaulting one another for the pleasure of the guards. In many instances where gambling between staff on the outcomes did not go in the favor of specific staff, they would shoot the offending victor. Great. In ADSEG and SHU facilities, in those instances where staff feel as though they may have been slighted, offended, or otherwise, quote, disrespected, they will wait until the particular prisoner is being escorted to or from medical, showers, law library, etc., where they must submit to mechanical restraints and close the cuffs on their wrists to injure them, yank the chain as they are being escorted, or trip the prisoner so they fall within, with no way to catch themselves. When the prisoner moves to protest this treatment, staff assault the prisoner with chemical agents like pepper spray, mace, etc., or simply beat them with fists and clubs. To ensure official sanction is given to the, to the assault, staff compound the crime with another by falsifying a fictitious rules violation report alleging, quote, resisting a peace officer resulting in use of force, unquote, or the, the typical assault on staff. In numerous instances in SHU and ADSEG, CDC small R staff have opened the doors of rival prisoners while opposing prisoners are on the tier intentionally, allowing prisoners to assault one another. In other instances, too numerous to name, they have facilitated two-on-one scenarios where one prisoner must defend himself against two attackers. In numerous instances, CDC small R staff have used tasers, electric stun belts, billy clubs, mace, pepper spray, high-velocity water hoses, and other weapons to assault prisoners they've targeted for personal, political, or other illegitimate reasons. Staff have repeatedly used sexual assault, rape, as a form of, quote, corporal punishment against prisoners who, in most instances, are physically small. They feel have been, quote, disrespectful towards staff. In numerous cases, both in ADSEG and SHU and general population facilities, staff have intentionally moved or transferred offending prisoners who they feel may have been verbally abusive or assaultive towards a staff member, most often young, physically small prisoners, into the cell with a documented violent sexual predators known as, quote, booty bandits, Jesus, to be beaten and raped repeatedly, often for days weeks, or even months on end, while staff ignore the screams and knowingly allow the abuse to continue. In numerous instances where prisoners are active litigants or organizers in protest against such oppressive prison conditions or have led strikes or protests against such inhumane conditions, state actors have repeatedly targeted them for assault by other prisoners who may be rivals of their cultural or organizational group, simply at the behest of staff in exchange for some gratuity or consideration. These attempted assassinations and violent coercive attacks are particularly heinous as they seek to freeze First Amendment speech 
and or access to the courts and is particularly designed to retaliate against those who seek to positively change conditions of imprisonment. We could list more, as the variation in circumstances for unlawful assaults on prisoners carried out by or presided over by CDCR staff is, per, is virtually infinite in furtherance of this criminal enterprise. But this list is sufficiently representative of CDC small r acts and omissions for purposes of this count in the indictment. This pattern and practice of assaults in support of ongoing racketeering enterprise stands in violation of 18 U.S.C. S. 1959, and I have been reading the second part of the indictment of the state and its prison industrial slave complex written by Joka Hashima Jinsai, conceived by Abdul Lubala Shakur. They are both um, they are both hunger strikers. They have spent decades in solitary confinement, the torture of solitary confinement. They are now. Uh, they now reside in Kern Valley State Prison. Uh, they endured this torture um, in the, uh, I believe it was Corcoran State Prison, uh, during the time that uh, um, solitary house security housing units, known as SHUs, most notably up in Pelican Bay State Prison, were being used to basically essentially break the men that uh, they these. Um, solitary confinement units were uh, designed to uh, designed for. Um, they have survived, and yet um, even though they went through the <sighs> culminating in the, the, the third hunger strike um, in 2013, uh, they went to through 59 days, literally, deciding that they were going to hunger strike to the death to end these torturous, inhumane, genocidal conditions, uh, not only for themselves, but for the other prisoners that they knew were going to be subjected to um, this sick treatment um, if they didn't do something about it. Um, so this is an indictment, again, um, that they have... Um, put forth uh, for the state of uh, an indictment of the state of California and its uh, prison industrial slave complex um, here again in, well, I mean, all over the country, but specifically here um, in California. So we are reading this indictment um, and it is being um, kind of cushioned in or flanked by history of the hunger strikes of uh, the prison conditions that um, new Africans and others have been uh, resisting and protesting and activating and organizing against uh, and to make sure that we as the public have a full understanding of what has taken place, what continues to take place, and if we don't do something, uh, will take place um, ongoing. So again, we are reading the second part 
of this indictment. The first part was read last week, uh, so I hope that if you um, are just getting to it now that you will go back um, and listen to the first part of this indictment. And you can find um, archives of Prison Focus Radio wherever you get your podcasts, and the name of the podcast is Prison Focus Radio. Okay, we are going to get started uh, with um, indictment count number four, murder. Actually, we are going to get back to it after we take a quick musical break. This is Respiration by Black Star and Common. What'd you do last night? We did um, two whole cars. It was me, Dez, and me three, right? And then the first car, small letters, it said, all you see is, and then, you know, big... Big, you know, black silver letters that said crime in the city, right? It just took up the whole Yeah, car. yeah, it, it was a whole car and shit. Then it was a, you know. Escuche la, la ciudad respirando. Escuche la, la ciudad respirando. Escuche la, la ciudad respirando. Escuche la. The new moon rolled high in the crown of the metropolis Shining like who on top of this? People was hustling, arguing and bustling Gangsters are God from hardcore hustling I'm wrestling with words and ideas My ears is pricked Seeking what will transmit the scribes and apply the transcript Yo, this ain't no time where the usual is suitable Tonight alive is described and inscrutable The indisputable We New York, the narcotics Indictment Count 4. Murder. CDC small-R employees have knowingly and intentionally engaged in a pattern of murder in continuance of a criminal enterprise, which has included facilitating murders by prisoner proxies, creating conditions to afford the opportunity to commit murder under the color of law, and committing murder through willful medical neglect and or withholding medical care. The Commission or facilitation of murders by CDC small R have been carried out primarily to repress organized resistance by prisoners against abuses, inhumane prison conditions, or to prevent exposure to the public of this ongoing criminal enterprise by prisoner litigants and or political politicized prisoners. This means the primary purpose of murders carried out or facilitated by CDC small R staff were or are to dissuade, retaliate against, or freeze the speech of prisoners they considered to be a threat or potential threat to their ongoing racketeering operations, such as perpetuation of the prison industrial slave complex. Secondarily, its purpose is to kill those prisoners whose staff find offensive or are in opposition to particular groups which may be favored by the staff in question through protracted means, meaning racism, personal animosity, siding with particular groups against others in gang or race-based conflicts, etc., etc. These instances of murder 
or the facilitation of murder are again so numerous in nature, spanning over a century, and the list of perpetrators so voluminous that citing every individual case extends well beyond the scope of this indictment. Instead, we will recount some of the most common types and infamous cases of murder uh, CDC smaller employees have carried out or facilitated over the span of its tenure to serve as a representation of the totality of these criminal acts. In numerous instances, CDC small R staff have fomented conflicts between rival racial groups and or organizations to create conditions which would allow staff members to assassinate a targeted prisoner or group of prisoners. In most of these instances, staff would target new African Revolutionary Nationalist prisoners, NARN. Either on the tier or prison yard, CDC small R staff would release white supremacists and or rival Mexican prisoners specifically to attack NARN prisoners. And when new African prisoners would meet the attacks with self-defense or see the setup and seek to preempt it, colluding staff in the gun towers would shoot and kill the targeted new African prisoners. This is not to say this assassination tactic was used exclusively against new African prisoners, but this tactic was used most often on new African prisoners who were often at the forefront of anti-prison industrialization um, industrialization protest or litigation against prison conditions and or abusive employees. In multiple instances, staff would assemble outside a targeted prisoner's cell and enter with three or more staff to assault the prisoner, who often fought back against the beatings. Against the beatings. Once beaten unconscious, staff would fashion a noose out of his or her sheet or other material and hang the prisoner from the vent, light, top bunk, or other fixture, put the cell back in order, then leave. Hours later, staff would walk around the tier and, quote, discover the targeted prisoner dead from an, quote, apparent suicide, unquote. Because the perpetrators actually process the scene and issue the circumstances under which the victim was discovered to the coroner, very rarely... If ever, has there any been any investigation into these, quote, suicide-style murders? In multiple instances where prisoners are engaged in a simple fistfight or altercation, again, most often new African prisoners, staff in the gun tower will tell them to get down, and the prisoners will comply. It will be then the tower's the tower staff, in many cases a known racist, seeing them proned out will target a particular prisoner and still shoot him in the back, chest or head, killing them for no obvious reason outside of racial or political animus. In multiple instances, staff in the gun tower who either hold some animosity toward a particular prisoner and or group of prisoners or who identifies with a rival group or organization of a particular prisoner or group of prisoners will open the cell door of a targeted prisoner and show rival prisoners to, oh, sorry, and allow rival prisoners to enter their cell and murder them. On other occasions, the targeted prisoner may be on the tier and the tower staff will open the doors of the rival prisoners and let them murder the targeted prisoner on the tier, in some instances aiding them by shooting the victim as he's being stabbed and or trying to defend himself. In multiple instances, staff have knowingly released a targeted prisoner into the exercise yard of a racial rival group, of a rival racial group or opposing organization, 
and then turn away, allowing the targeted prisoner to be murdered. In multiple instances, CDC small R staff would take sides in racial or organizational conflicts, arming their proxies with explosives, bomb-making material, guns, ammunition, knives, hacksaw blades, and metal stock to produce homemade firearms, knives, bombs, and other weapons to kill rival prisoners. This logistical support resulted in the murders of numerous prisoners and served as a potential, as a potent politician and legislative tool for the California Correctional Peace Officers Association as well. That's the CCPOA. Pointing to the escalating violence and increasing death rates as, quote, proof of the incorrigible nature of offenders, unquote, and need for harsher sentencing, more laws, more prison guards, and new prison construction, CDC small r was able to secure for itself a much larger share of public dollars. That would mean or express itself in expanded budgets, higher salaries, more benefits, etc., Using their complete control of the narrative, CDC Small R used this opportunity to scapegoat visiting friends and family of prisoners as the source of contraband weapons, knowing full well it is virtually impossible to smuggle in guns, metal of any kind, explosives, explosives or other weapons material into prisons through visiting, and was in fact almost always staff providing such weapons and material to prisoners. And here I, I just have to say how incredibly angering this is that CDC small r staff, CCPOA members, uh, the police, our politicians, too many legislators, all these people in Sacramento, governors, have been able to stand in front of the people knowing that they are engaging in these criminal acts, unlawful acts, murderous acts, abusive, sickening, genocidal acts, and stand in front of the people and blame it not only on the prisoners, but their family members as well. And so pitting you and I out here in the, quote, free world against each other, forcing us to, you know, well, basically exploiting our lack of knowledge about what was taking place within these prisons and using it against us. And uh, again, like they talked about controlling the narrative to... um, keep us basically oppressing ourselves and allowing ourselves to continually exploit it of our tax dollars so that these guards can make more money um, and, and strengthening um, and, you know, building more wealth for uh, their communities and their families. This is just disgusting. All right, back at it. In multiple instances... Staff would collude with a rival racial group or organization of prisoners to set up ambush-style assassination on a targeted prisoner. This is somebody's son. This is somebody's loved one. 
In these instances, staff would allow groups of armed proxies to lie in wait in a particular part of the prison that could be quickly closed off, such as a sally port or rotunda, and direct the targeted prisoner to report to a location that would take them through the ambush point. Once in position, the staff would close the doors, trapping the target in the confined space of the ambush site where they would be murdered. In multiple instances, staff have set up gladiator-style fights between prisoners from rival groups or organizations in ADSEG and SHU units for both illegal gambling and political purposes, manufacturing prisoner violence statistics, etc. In those instances where the, quote, wrong prisoner prevailed or staff are upset at the outcome, the targeted prisoner was shot and killed. In multiple instances, CDC small R staff have intentionally withheld or delayed the delivery of necessary medical care or emergency first aid in order to murder critically injured or chronically ill prisoners. In multiple instances where prisoners have been shot, injured, or chronically ill, often targeted new African political prisoners or other political prisoners, staff have withheld emergency medical intervention until they have bled out or intentionally neglected to provide appropriate medical care for other injuries and or illnesses like head injury, heart attack, stroke, pneumonia, diabetic shock, etc. Here, I just want to shout out the name of Katari Golden and Ugo Pinel. And they've done this until they died. This practice is so common and widespread that intentional medical neglect or delayed care resulted in the death of two prisoners per week on average, prompting CDC small R healthcare services to be placed into medical receivership by the courts. Oh yeah, don't stop the killing. We could list more, as CDC Small R has over the decades murdered and facilitated the murder of targeted prisoners in an almost infinite number of ways in furtherance of their ongoing criminal enterprise. However, what's presented here is sufficiently representative of CDC's Small R's acts and omissions over the decades to clearly evidence a pattern of murder in furtherance of a racketeering enterprise. These murders, like the countless murders before them, were carried out in further uh, carried out to further CDCR's racketeering activity by intimidating other prisoners from opposing the status quo of inhumane conditions or pursuing litigation and or protesting against the department's abuses. Such action could also intimidate the families of prisoners or mislead the public, as it has done, as to the true nature of this violence, thus inhibiting them from pursuing public opposition to or reform of the prison industrial slave complex. In this context, these murders have an equally adverse impact on the state of California's and the nation's interest in maintaining humane, corruption-free prisons and the free enjoyment and protection of our constitutional rights. This pattern and practice of murder in support of an ongoing racketeering enterprise stand in violation of 18 U.S.C. S. 1959, S. 1961, S. 1962, the RICO Act, PCS-187, PCS-186.2, and PCS-13519.6. All right, um, I'm going to leave it there and we're going to come back next week and we will finish up with counts five and six because we won't be able to finish today. So uh, what I want to do is read another uh, short article from the same issue 
number 37 from the Prison Focus Archives or the California Prison Focus Archives of Prison Focus newsletter. This one is the right to challenge exper experimental isolation units restricting communication upheld in federal court. Center for Constitutional Rights wins over government motion to dismiss the case involving segregated units that target Muslims and activists. They're going to be speaking here about communication management units, CMUs. I'm going to give you a heads up now to get ready for the May issue of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper and uh, so that you can um, read the Liberate the Caged Voices column uh, because they're the these units, this particular kind of hmm, I don't security housing unit or this um, isolation unit is uh, talked about, um, made mention there. So uh, we are going to read. I'm going to read this short article here uh, from the Center for Constitutional Rights. No, it's from the Freedom Archives, another um, organization you should check out, the Freedom Archives. On March 30th, 2011, in New a New York federal court, prisoners in two experimental federal prison units called Communications Management Units, CMUs, won the right to have their day in court and challenge the violation of their fundamental constitutional rights, including the right to due process. The units are being used overwhelmingly to hold Muslim prisoners and prisoners with unpopular political beliefs. The Center for Constitutional Rights, CCR, filed the case on their behalf exactly one year ago on March 30th, 2010. Said, CDC, said CCR attorney Alexis Agathocleos, Today, Judge Urbina has agreed that our clients have raised serious constitutional questions about the CMUs and has vin vindicated their right to a day in court to pursue their claims. Our clients were designated to the CMUs without due process or oversight, even though they have no significant history of disciplinary infractions. This led to a pattern of retaliatory designations to the CMUs. In a significant victory for our clients, the court will now scrutinize the BOP's actions. That's the Bureau of Prisons. Said plaintiff Hedaya Jayusi, I'm deeply gratified that the court will hear our claims. My husband has been held under these conditions for years without a proper explanation. My children and I hope that we will now be given some answers. Transfers to the CMU are not explained, nor are prisoners told how release into these into less restrictive confinement may be earned as there is no meaningful review process. The court agreed the plaintiffs had alleged conditions in the CMUs that were sufficiently restrictive to support their claim that they have a, quote, liberty interest, unquote, in having the right to procedural due process. The court wrote, in light of the plaintiff's factual allegations supporting their contention that reviews provided by the defendants are illusory and meaningless, the court determines that they have adequately alleged there is a high risk that the procedures used by the defendants have resulted in erroneous deprivations of their liberty interests, unquote. Lawyers say that because these transfers are not based on facts or discipline for infractions, a pattern of religious and political discrimination and retaliation for prisoners' lawful advocacy has emerged. The court allowed the claims of violation of due process as well as of retaliation to go forward. 
The court found that plaintiff Royal Jones made serious allegations that cannot be dismissed that he was put into the CMU in retaliation for protected speech and speaking out and filing complaints about improper prison conditions. Similarly, the court found that allegations that plaintiff Daniel McGowan was twice designated to the CMU in retaliation for social justice advocacy and for seeking legal information from his attorneys could not be dismissed. The court further refused to allow the BOP to evade review by transferring the Center for Constitutional Rights clients from the CMU. The court dismissed several of the claims raised by the lawsuit, including claims of equal protection, substantive due process, and freedom of association. CCR filed Arif V. Holder in the D.C. District Court on behalf of current and former prisoners of the units in Terre Haute, Indiana, and Marion, Illinois. Two other plaintiffs are the spouses of those prisoners. The CMUs were secretly opened under the Bush administration in 2006 and 2007, respectively, and were designed to monitor and control the communications of certain prisoners and to isolate them from other prisoners and the outside world. Boy, our own Abu Ghraib. The five plaintiffs in RF were designated to the two CMUs despite having relatively or totally clean disciplinary histories and... None of the plaintiffs have received any communications-related disciplinary infractions in the last decade. Between 65 and 72% of CMU prisoners are Muslim men. In addition to heavily restricted telephone and visitation access, CMU prisoners are categorically denied any physical contact with family members and are forbidden from hugging, touching, or embracing their children or spouses during visits. So, of course, at that time, you could get the information about CCR's federal lawsuit around CMUs by visiting the RF ALV Holder AL case page or by going to www.ccrjustice.org slash CMU. And the, the law firm at that time was the law firm of Wheel Goshal or yes, Gotchal and Mangus, LLP, and attorney Kenneth A. Krushner are co-counsel in the case. Um, this is very, very important because since then, and the men that we are also talking about in terms of the hunger strikers, um, have been trying to put forth, uh, you know, to be litigants, and they are constantly um, retaliated against and blocked and um, having their due process be violated. With that said, I am going to read the poem, No Struggle, No Progress, by Frederick Douglass, written in 1857. The whole history of progress of human liberty shows that all concessions, yet made to her august claims, have been born of earnest struggle. If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet deprecate agitation are men and women who want crops without plowing up the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the awful roar of its waters. This struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, or it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without a demand. It never did, and it never will. Find out just what any people will quietly submit to, and you have found the exact measure of injustice and wrong which will be imposed upon them. And these will continue till they are resisted. The limits are prescribed by the endurance of those 
whom are oppressed. Men and women may not get all they pay for in this world, but they pay for all they get. If we ever get free from the oppressions and wrong heaped on us, we must pay for their removal. We must do this by labor, by suffering, by sacrifice, and if needs be, by our lives and the lives of others. All right, that is our show, and I will see you next week. We will continue with the final um, part of the indictment um, that we have been reading for the past couple of weeks. Ah, Thank you so much. Take a breath and get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. In the night till she blends sunshine. Breathe air, hail vapors from bright stars to shine. Breathe out, we smoke, retrace the skyline. Burn the bass ride out like an ancient maiden call. I can't take it, y'all. I can feel the city breathing, chest heaving against the flesh of the evening. Side before a die like the last train leaving. Breathing in deep city breaths, sitting on steps, we stooped to new lows. Hell froze the night the city slept. The beast crept through concrete jungles, communicating with one another and get a word for what is for from the hydrants to the gutters. The beast walked the beach. But the beats we be making You on the wrong side of the track Looking visibly shaking Taking the plungers Plunging the death is painted by the numbers We're crawling, apply pressure Cats is playing God But having children by a lesser baby Mother of it We played against each other like puppets Swearing you got pulled When the only pull you got is the wool Over your eyes Getting knowledge of jail Like a blessing in disguise Looking the skies for God What you see besides the smog Is broken dreams Flying away in the wings of the obscene Thoughts that people put in the air Places where you could get murdered over a lair But everything is fair It's a paradox we call reality So keeping it real will make you a casualty of abnormal Normal normality, killers born naturally like Mickey and Mallory, not knowing the ways to get you capped like an NBA salary. So cats BMC and to illustrate what we be seeing. Want to be a spiritual being when shit is shaking, what you believe in. The trees to grow in Brooklyn, seeds need to be planted. I'm asking if y'all feel me and the crowd left me stranded. My blood pressure boils and rolls. These New York niggas act to spoil their shows. To the winners, the spoilers go. I say to L, transfer to the two, head to the gates. New York life type trife, the Roman Empire state. So much on my mind, I just can't recline Last the holes in the night till she bless sunshine Breathe in, hail vapors from bright stars to shine Breathe out, breathe smoke, retrace the skyline Yo, don't the bass ride out like an ancient maiden cold I can't take it, y'all I can feel the city breathing Chest heaving against the flesh of the evening Stop before it die like the last train leaving Yo, on the amen, corner I stood looking at my former hood, felt the spirit in the wind, knew my friend was gone for good, dude, dirt on the casket, the hurt, I couldn't mask it, fix it down, emotion, struggle, I hadn't mastered. I choreograph seven steps to heaven They are waiting to exhale and make the bread leaven Veteran of the Cold War It's a guy I go for What I know or what's known So some days I take the bus home Just to touch home From the crib I spend months gone Sat by the window with a clutch stone Listening to shorties cuts long Young girls who weak minds but they brush strong 
tried to call or at least beat the Lord, but didn't have a touch song. It's a dog and dog world, you got a much on. Some of this land I must own. Out of the city, they gon' hust on. Tearing down the jacks, creating plush homes. My circumstances between Cabrini and Love Jones. Surrounded by hate, yet I love home. Asked my guy how he got traveling the world sound. Found it hard to imagine he hadn't been past downtown. It's deep. I heard the city breathing the sleep. A reality I touched, but for me it's hard to keep. It's deep. I heard my man breathing the sleep. A reality I touched, but for me it's hard to keep. So much on my mind, I just can't recline. Blasting holes in the night till she bled sunshine. Breathing in hell, wakers from bright stars to shine. Breathe out, we smoke retreats the skyline.